you know, we've been talking about unearthing truth. And what we have launched into, we've been talking about unearthing the promises of God. Have you ever made a promise? Yes. Have you ever broke a promise? Yes. God never has broke a promise. And every man, woman, boy and girl who discover his promises, and if you know how to meet the conditions, if you understand his promises and how to access them, his promises are yours. Not when we die and go to heaven, but now. That's just the truth of it. I challenged everyone last week. I said, when you come this week, come expecting. There's something that you need, don't matter what it is, but if there's something that you need, come expecting. That's what I've challenged, and I still challenge you with that. While you're here, be expecting, you know, because God is awesome. He loves you. He's crazy about you. He genuinely is. Anyhow, uh, I'll share just a, a few thoughts along the line of a, a little bit of a review, and uh, then we'll see where we go from that. Um, Winston Churchill, speaking at a Harvard commencement service, said, Never give up. 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 And then he sat down. That was his whole commencement service. I think I have that memorized. I'm working on it myself. <laughs> One more service and I'll probably have it memorized too, you know. But uh, patient endurance, patient endurance never gives up. Patience. And that's how you access so much of the promises of Almighty God, by being patient and enduring. And in the midst of it, being cheerful, being positive in the midst of it. Well, there's a few years ago, this lady, she said, I bought a red flowering crabapple tree and I carefully planted it in our yard, but it didn't exactly thrive. In fact, one by one, the leaves started dropping off. My husband, Jim, he, he failed to see the urgency of the situation. Give it a little time, he murmured. The next spring, it did a little better. It had swelled buds and leaves, but no flowers. That does it. I'm getting rid of this flowering crabapple tree, I sputtered. And Jim surveyed the straggly branches. Well, maybe it isn't the flowering kind. Some of them never blossom, you know. But the tag says, flowering crabapple, red. The third spring came, still no red flowers. But this time, Jim took me outside and showed me some tiny clusters of red balls nestled in among the leaves. Blossoms, I asked skeptical. Blossoms, he said. Now as I watch the little red tree become brilliant with color, it reminds me of just how impatient I can be. Can you be impatient? Yes. And therefore we'll miss many of the promises and the blessings that God wants you to have if we're impatient. So patience is so critical to unearthing 
the promises of God, to accessing the promise of God, to receiving the promises of God. I challenged you last week to come expecting. And this is the last verse I read last week. Psalm 37, verse 7. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Wait patiently for God to act. And God will act. We talked about we bit. There's a book in the Bible called Acts. God's on the move. He's acting. But it takes patience on our part. You pray. You do what he tells us to do. You meet those conditions. And his promises are yours. That They genuinely are. And we must beware of the barrenness of busyness. It's busy, 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 busy. And we don't want to wait or be patient with God. But beware of that busyness, you know, because it often is barren. So I'm going to read a passage here. I want you to think about how would you answer this question that God is asking you even for today. Jeremiah 32, verse 27. And that's in the Amplified Bible says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too difficult for me? Question mark. I had three people and one person answered it three times. <laughs> That's okay. You think about what is it if God was going to do anything in your life? What is it that you need him to do? And, and this is his word, and he's asking you a question to see if you will meet the condition. He says, let's read it again. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is. Is. There, there anything, anything too, too difficult, difficult for me? me? I'm sorry, I had to interrupt you there. No, that's all right. We do that in unity. That's what he is saying. Is there anything too difficult for me? Say, absolutely not. <laughs> There's nothing too difficult for God. That's right. Nothing. That's right. And I expect it because he has said it dozens of times throughout the Bible. He specializes in the impossibilities for you and he loves you. If he was the only person on the planet, he loves you. He sent his son Jesus to die in your place to wash your sins away so you can spend eternity in heaven with him one day. He's amazing, you know. He's amazing. Now, I'm going to challenge you again. Next week, as we study together, this week, I want you to come expecting also. Expecting God to be everything that he says he is. Come expecting. Nothing's too difficult for him. In Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. Can't you picture that? He, he, he's at the, the, the stairway going into a temple... He's never been able to walk, ever. He's probably around 40 or something. And he's there. He's doing what he can 
to survive and to make a living. And he's just asking for alms. That's a handout. He's asking for some coins, you know, and people bring him some coins. Some people may bring him a sandwich. Some people may bring him a fresh piece of fruit or something, you know. So he's asking from these disciples, he's asking, he's got his hand out as they're entering the temple. He figured that people going into the temple are a little bit more soft-hearted than some people in other parts of the city. That's what he assumes. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. Okay, so he's, he, he, he's asking for alms, and, and Peter, he said, hey, look at us. Well, you know a guy who's asking for something is definitely going to look at you, you know. He said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. That's the key to this verse. The lame man who's been lame for about 40 years, he's there like he's there every day. He's asking, and in a whole day he can accumulate enough to pay for his food and all. And he's asking, and, and these are the two men who hey, look at us. And it says, the lame man was expecting to receive. That's key. Make a note of those words. And hopefully you're expecting to receive from God today. Because God is awesome. And there's nothing too difficult for him. Nothing. No, not anything is too difficult for him. So it says here, so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Maybe a piece of fruit. Maybe some coins. You know, maybe a sandwich. But he is expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Wow. Let me read it the way it's supposed to be read. <laughs> silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have... I give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. You did a good job, though. <laughs> that was good. Now, you got to understand, the guy was expecting to receive. He'd never turned anything that someone offered him down. And I don't think he's going to turn it down now. He's expecting to receive. And the uh, anointed men were coming in, they didn't have no money. But he said, well, we got something that's better than money, and, and we're going to give it to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he had never heard, that layman had never heard such a thing before. And then picking up here in verse 7. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And he lifted him up. The guy's muscles and joints and ligaments and all had never held his weight. So the apostle, he came and he took him by the hand to help him get up. He said, in the name of Jesus, rise up on here. Take my hand. And he lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And so he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them 
walking, leaping, and praising God. He's never, ever walked before, and now he's leaping. Can you imagine how you would act if you had never walked in 40 years? And then all of a sudden, a miracle happened for you. Walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who had sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. That's amazing. But it's true. It's not a fairy tale. It's 100% true. When I was a teenager, I learned that scripture. And we used to sing that. You remember that? We did. We stacked it out, I think. We, we, we actually did. But it goes like this. Peter and John went one day up to the temple to pray. They saw a lame man who held out his hand. And this is what Peter did say. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he went walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And that is 100% true. Yes. You, you, you mean even today it, it can still happen? It can happen. Is there anything too difficult for the Lord? No. I don't think no. it is. Not at all. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 in the Amplified Bible says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. God said, hey, come. Let's reason. Let's talk about this thing together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And other translation says, freshly fallen snow. You know, you, your sins are going to be like freshly fallen snow. That's a promise. That, that's what God is saying. And we need to, you know, expect forgiveness. If we've done things that we ought not to have done and not done things that we should have done, if we come to God, do you expect God to forgive you? Yes. Absolutely. And he always honors his promises. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson. And this is really talking about, this is talking about the wool and the garments that they made. And when they're, they're making this, you know, as red as crimson, that means it's double dipped in dye. So it will really, really, really last and stand out. White wool that is dipped, double dipped, it, it really stays. And he's saying here, though your sins are red like crimson, they're they, double dipped. They shall be like wool. They'll be as white as wool. So the layman was expecting something to receive it. And you and I, in this passage, we should expect the forgiveness of Almighty God. The devil would try to add guilt and no remorse. He'd just try to add guilt and shame to us. So we'll, we'll live our life in guilt and shame. But when you go to Almighty God and you ask him, he forgives you. Yes. Just put yourself in a position to receive from him. Expect it. That's really the, the, the key. Now, there's a song. I really don't know this song. I've heard it a time or two. 
And it's a little bit repetitive, but I, so I'm going to read the words to the song. It goes, your promises won't let go of me. And then the rest of it, I'm just going to read it to you because I don't know how the melody goes. But the next verse says, all your promises won't let go of me. And the next one says, all your promises won't let go of me. And the next one says, all your promises won't let go of me. And the next one says, all your promises won't let go of me. And not only do we get all of the promises of God, but the promises of God get hold of us. And it brings a fantastic, amazing change. I've got that part memorized. You got that part? Well, let me do the rest of the song. All your promises won't let go of me. 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 I surrendered my life to your ways. I have learned what it means to obey. Jesus, my heart has been changed by you. I'm walking the path you have made. I'm seeking the truth every day. Jesus, my heart has been changed by you. I couldn't walk away if I tried because your love is better than life. Now the sun's shining bright and it just won't set because your love is a light and it's, it lights my step. My heart is amazed every day to the next. Your joy overtakes, and I can't forget about it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's the way the song goes. In case you think I'm just hollering or something over here. I can't forget about it. It just keeps on doing that kind of a thing. But I'm going to tell you, the promises of God, will, when you're reading them and you're hearing them, they'll get a hold of you. It's just like, yeah, God promises. They get a hold of you. You get a hold of them, they get a hold of you, and God always honors his promises. That's just the way it is. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Through faith and patience inherit the promises that God has given you has given you through faith and patience. And all those things is just like Aunt Jemima pancakes and her syrup. Or is it Aunt Jemima pancakes? No, it's Aunt Jemima syrup. I think they make Pancakes and syrup go together. <laughs> and faith and promises. When you got patience mixed in there, they always go together and they satisfy you. That's just the truth of it. Verse 15 says, And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained a promise. Patiently endured. And we may not like patience, but we can learn to like it when it has a fantastic, absolutely wonderful, satisfying payoff. We can learn to be patient. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 in the Message Bible, it says, the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It makes life worth living. This trust, this faith. He's talking about it here, the fundamental fact of existence. That's the fundamental fact of our existence is our faith. In the almighty God, faith and patience, it brings about miraculous promises to us. And it, what does it say there? 
It makes life worth living. It makes life worth living. Faith in God. Being patient in him. This is the fundamental foundation of our existence, and it makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. Did you hear that? Faith. Well, I can't see. That's what faith is. You will see. You will see. And faith is a handle. I got a, have you ever found something in the dark? Say electricity in your house is out for some reason. And you know you got some flashlights or candles somewhere. And can you find it in the dark? Yes. Yes, you can. And faith is, is, enables us to get a handle on something we can't see spiritually yet. But we will. That's just what he's talking about here. Let's look at that one more time. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith. The act of faith. Is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. Set them above the crowd of doubters and anxious and worried people. They had faith and they saw God act. There's a book in the Bible called the book of Acts. And, and God is always looking to act. And he's wanting you to receive something from him. And we just need to expect to receive from him. That's key. Expecting to receive. Now let's look at this one more time. Hebrews 11.1, 1, but in the New King James Bible. Now faith is a substance. Substance. Faith is a, it's a material. Faith is a, an ingredient, if you would. Faith is, it says substance. Faith is stuff, okay? Yeah, faith is the stuff of things hoped for. Of things hoped for. Faith is the substance or it's the stuff of things hoped for. You hope for anything? The biblical definition, and you got to get this in your heart. It's not the American you know, definition or the worldly you know, definition. The word hope means a confident expectation. Of future success. When you have hope, you have a confident expectation. When I go fishing, I fully, 100% expect to catch a fish. I genuinely do, and usually I catch some. I'm not bragging about how good a fisherman I am. <laughs> Maybe I am bragging, I don't know. I don't mean to be, but I've learned how to catch a fish. Fish. My uncle Franklin, he was a phenomenal fisherman. And he'd come up, him and his wife, my Aunt Nancy, would come up and visit Susan and I every once in a while over the years. He's with Jesus now, and she is too. But he'd come up, and we'd go fishing, and I would have tackle boxes the size of suitcases and all my gear when we went fishing because I wanted to show him how good of a fisherman I was. And I was really just showing him how much stuff I had. You know, and then one day I called Uncle Brian and said, "When you come up next time, I'm not going to take anything fishing with us." I said, "Would you teach me how to fish?" Because he always out caught anything I ever caught. He has one little package of hooks in his pocket up here, and he has a little package of black rubber worms with silver sparkles in them. 
And when he cast it out there, I'd be reeling it in and trying something else and reeling it in. But he'd just cast it out there, and then he'd do something over here, and he'd reel in a little bit. He said, as long as my worm's in the water, it's fishing. And he just caught fish after fish after fish after fish. And I've learned to catch fish after fish after fish after fish. I, I, I'm not lying. Am I lying? No. That's the truth. That's the truth. But I expect to catch a fish. That's right. Otherwise, you wouldn't go. I would not waste my time. And I'm expecting an awesome garden. I'm, I'm, they're having to hold me back from going ahead and planting it now. Well, if, it, if it's too early, it's cold, I'll just replant it again in a month, you know. But because I expect my garden to do well. And last year, it was the best garden we ever had. Yeah. It really was. What do you expect? What do you expect? It says here, now, faith is the stuff, is the substance, the things hoped for. And hope is a confident expectation for the future. So if you're going to have faith, you have to have a confident expectation for the future. That is faith. That's right. That, that is the evidence. That, that, that is the, the stuff. When you have a confident expectation, that's faith. Let's read the whole thing again there. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's the proof of things not seen. When I grab my fishing pole, my package of worms, my little rubber worms, and my little package of hooks, and I go, you know, I mean, you know I got faith. You know I'm expecting something. Do I ever get skunked? Occasionally. That just means next time I'm going to catch more, you know. I expect it. I genuinely expect to catch a fish. Actually, I don't expect to catch a fish. I expect to catch lots of fish, okay? I really genuinely do. And if, if for some reason I didn't, that's the patient endurance part. It's just like, I can't wait to come back again, you know? And, and expectation to receive is a secret ingredient to your, you receiving the promises of Almighty God. Because, see, God makes promises. And, and if you'll read this book and underline everywhere he uses a promise, God makes promises, faith believes promises, hope anticipates and expects the promises, patiently, quickly awaits the promises. But, but you got to do it cheerfully in your waiting. I think you said something wrong. What did I say? You said patience quickly awaits the promise. Quickly, I'm sorry. I wrote my notes kinda, and I can't read them. That would kind of negate itself if it quickly. Quietly. <laughs> Does that sound better? Yeah, that makes more sense. It makes more sense to me too. Thank you, dear. Patience. Let me start over. Yeah. Okay, open your Bibles with me to... Uh, Hope makes a promise. Faith believes a promise. Hope anticipates and expects a promise. And patience says what? Quietly. It quietly awaits a promise. If people are being patient, they're growling and grumbling, they probably don't get the promise. But patience quietly. They can make some noise. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about it in a moment. Psalm 27, verse 14 in the Amplified Bible says, Wait for and confidently expect the Lord. Wait for and confidently expect. Expect the Lord. 
Be strong and let your heart take courage. Be strong, I'm sorry. Let your heart take courage, you know? That's what it says. Yes, wait for and confidently expect the Lord. That's what he says here. Psalm 14, verse 2 said, God sticks his head out of heaven. Can't you imagine that? It's like, hey, guys, I see y'all out there. It says God. Sticks his head out of heaven. He looks around. He's looking for someone not stupid. Is anybody here qualifying? Yeah, I'm not stupid. (laughs) This has got to be the message Bible here. It is. He's looking for someone not stupid. One man even, God expectant. Oh, right there. He's looking for a man who's God expectant. God expectant. And? Will you be that man? I will be that man. I am that man. I expect God to do everything he's promised. I genuinely do. Will y'all be that man, you guys? Yeah. Will you be that man? And, and ladies, you ain't left out. I know. Just one God-ready woman. And that means an expectant God-ready woman. I'll be that woman. The Will God's you be that woman, ladies? Look yes. out for an expectant man and an expectant God-ready woman who will expect God to do what he says, who expects. The reason they pray because they expect God to answer those prayers. If you don't expect God to answer prayer, you probably won't pray very much. You know, if you don't expect to catch no fish, you probably don't fish very much either. And and if you don't expect anything in your garden but weeds, you probably don't garden much either. Become that expectant man, that expectant woman. Romans chapter 4 verse 20 says, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. This is talking about Abraham. And being fully persuaded. And you can easily say being fully expectant. And and, and we should be like him and not stagger in unbelief. I don't believe, I don't believe, I don't believe. We should be solid, secure, grounded men and women who expect God to do everything that he has promised to be persuaded. Listen to what he says. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. My question to you is, are you fully persuaded? Are you expectant for God to work a miracle? Maybe even in your life today, before you leave this place. Let's go ahead. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 says, Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Don't fake your love. Run from the center. I'm sorry. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. You don't have to be first. And everything. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. And you won't burn out if you keep yourself fueled. You won't burn out. Be alert servants of the master. Cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. 
pray all the harder. Help needy Christians be inventive in hospitality. God's word can be trusted. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master. And what's the next word say? Cheerfully. Cheerfully expectant. So you can be loud when you're being patient. Cheerful. Cheerful. Instead of moaning and groaning and bellyaching, you won't access the promises that way. But cheerfully expectant, he says. Cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Uh, don't complain in hard times. Be cheerful in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians be inventive in hospitality. You know, be inventive. We'll talk about that at another time. But God's promises, it's amazing when you think about it, are obligations that he imposes upon himself. He says, I'm going to do this. He didn't have to say that, but but it's an obligation. He commits himself to this if you and I meet those conditions. Psalm 5 in the New Living Translation says in verse 3, Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. In the morning. That's, that's the best time to come to him and talk to him and pray. And the best way to pray is to pray his word. Father God, you said in your word, if I ask, I'd receive. Now I'm asking. You said if I needed wisdom, I could ask you for that. You said over and over and over. He has given us promises. And when we pray, we come with great expectation. We wait on him expectantly. It's the best way to start your day off, you know, waiting on Almighty God expectantly. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1 says, Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit. And let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. He says cleanse yourself. This is a condition if you really want to access the promises of Almighty God. And we're just wickedly doing all kinds of terrible things, and then we're at, oh, please bless me, God. He, he says here, cleanse, because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit. Everything that can defile us. We confess our sins to God. That's another promise. If you confess your sins to God, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from every wrong because of the promises. You, you want to keep your heart clean. You, you know how to keep your heart clean? Well, you confess your sins to God, but there's a better way than confessing your sins to God. Don't sin in the first place. They say, well, how can you do that? He says it in the book of Psalms. He says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you? It gives me strength and it gives me power. You all hear a vehicle out there? Yes, sir. Well, Papa, God, we just ask you to bless those uh, first responders. There's yes, probably someone in a great need. Might be somebody we know. And we ask that you would help those in great need and help these responders to get there 
in a timely fashion and give them wisdom to help each other and draw them all unto yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Anytime we hear emergency vehicle, you pray for them. It might be somebody you know, even if it's not somebody you know. What kind of things defile our body or spirit? Well, it has to be things that we believe in and in expect it has to be promises us in his word. But there's a lots of things, and you know what it is. Holy Spirit convicts you, and you see things or read things or do things that you know grieves your heart, and you know it grieves God's heart. You know, lying, cheating, stealing, and a million other things, you know, uh, will contaminate our heart. And so we stay away from those things, and if we've done some things we should, we confess our sins to God, and he pardons us. A.W. Tozer said, unfailing but conditional. He's talking about the promises. He said the promises are unfailing but conditional. Remember, God will always do what he has promised to do when his conditions are met. You you expect to receive. And you're patient, cheerfully patient. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33 says, Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. Can you read that again? I was busy. Yes. (laughs) Who through faith subdued kingdoms. Through faith. Having a confident expectation, they subdued kingdoms. Wrought righteousness. They brought about righteousness. Obtained promises. They obtained... Hebrews chapter 11. You should read the chapter before you go to bed tonight. It's just the heroes of faith. The heroes who expected God to do what he said. We're only reading two of the verses, but there's bunches of them. Stop the mouths of lions. Stop the mouths... Through faith, they stopped the mouths of lions. Quench the violence of fire. Quench the violence of fire. Fire couldn't hurt them. Escape the edge of the sword. Oh, man. Out of weakness were made strong. Wax vi- valiant in fi- fight. Turned to flight the armies of aliens. That's all through faith. And, and your name should be, can be listed in this as well. Genuinely can. You know, what are you expecting? What are you looking forward to? What are you anticipating? This is faith is what I'm talking about here. It's just all about faith. Okay. I brought a log. Uh, You probably had not seen it yet, have you? (laughs) And this is a heavy log. A heavy log. And uh, I want to cut it into two pieces. Is that okay with you guys? Okay. <clears throat> How much time y'all got? It'll take a while. We do have a 11 o'clock service. Uh, yeah, you got to do it before So that. I better use something else.
that's going to make a mess. And they need shields out there. <laughs> I'll be right back. Don't be nervous. Don't be worried. Huh? You think? I'm going to have to pull something on it. here so you don't cut your fingers off. When you try to close it, it won't close until you push the button to go back down. Take you somewhere around a minute. Somewhere. Almost as fast as my chainsaw. <laughs> and if I run out of gas, it's much faster than my chainsaw. <laughs> That's the truth of it. I tell you what. Now, you may not have expected me to get through, and that is a hard piece of wood. I just cut the tree down about a month ago. So it's not seasoned. There may be a little soft spot somewhere in the bark or something or another. But I'm going to tell you, that's pretty miraculous. <laughs> Who would want to go into a competition with me and you use it, the axe and I use the saw? Mm -hmm. The axe is it's fantastic for certain jobs, and my knife is pretty wonderful for certain jobs. For certain jobs. But this, do you know what the difference is? Can we read a, a verse there? This one here. Yeah, let's read that one first. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 says, Again, I say to you that if two believers two. on earth agree, that is, are of, the, of one mind in harmony, this is in the Amplified Bible, that is, of a, one mind and in harmony, 
about anything that they ask within the will of God, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, meeting together as my followers, I am there among them. That's one blade. This is hundreds of blades. And they're extremely sharp. How long did it take me to cut through there? About a minute. A minute. It's pretty amazing. Can you read that one more verse out of there? Uh-huh. This one here or this one here? This that one, one. Okay. here. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 in the Amplified says, Let us seize and hold tightly the confession of our hope. Hope is a confident expectation of future success. This is only the second log I've cut with this. The first log I cut with this was last night at the 6 o'clock service. But I had read on it, and I had studied it, and I found out it is just about as fast as a chainsaw. And you know it's pretty close, you know. It's amazing. Continue reading. Let us seize and hold tightly the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is reliable and trustworthy. And he who promised is reliable and trustworthy. And faithful and to faithful. his word. And let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and to do good deeds. Not forsaking our meeting together. Wait a minute, what does it say? Not forsaking our meeting together. Now let me tell you something about COVID. COVID separated us, did it not? Now, God has given us wisdom, and we've figured out how to live stream, and that's been fantastic. It really has been. But you know what? We miss something. What happens when you get a bunch of sharp teeth together? Get a lot more done, yeah. Get a lot more done. You genuinely do, and they complement each other. You saw that. If I had finished trying to use that axe or my pocket knife, we wouldn't be done with the pocket knife until sometime tomorrow. <laughs> or maybe next week, you know, further into tomorrow. But I'll tell you what, read that verse again. Not forsaking our meeting together. Meeting, these sharp teeth have met together. And it's amazing what they accomplished. And you saw it. Not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction. Not to forsake meeting together. It's wonderful that we communicate with people, even in other states and around the world, with our live stream. Truth of it is, we need each other. We genuinely, and you go, no, Pastor Ron, I watch it, and, and I've got all I need. Wait, 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 wait. I might need you. Speaking into my life. You probably have something to contribute that will make me a little bit wiser and more effective. And we can work together and we can accomplish so much more than if we just work with one, one blade. That makes sense, don't it? Absolutely. You finish on reading that there? Not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. Encourage. And all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. And I see 
the day of Christ's return approaching. I do see that, and we need each other to encourage each other and to work together to honor God and, and his principles and his promises and all that he is and all that he ever hopes to do. Would you pray out loud with me? Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. That's why you sent your son Jesus. That's why you sent your son Jesus. And I believe that Jesus gave his life for me. And I believe that Jesus gave his life for me. And he died upon that cross. And he died upon that cross. I believe that Jesus rose on the third day. I believe that Jesus rose on the third day. And I open wide the doors of my heart. And I open wide the doors of my heart. And I welcome Jesus. And I welcome Jesus. Into every area of my life. Into every area of my as life. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my Lord. As my Lord. And as my soon coming King. And as my soon coming King. 